If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. This is World Stage, exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. Before I introduce my guest, I want to talk a minute about a new post by Catherine Watt at bailiwicknews.substack. This from the December 1st, title, On Mandates and the Irrelevance of Informed Consent Principles in the EUA Countermeasures Use Context. Question posted at Rumble Video, this is late 20, November 25th, FDA flooded the market with illegal drugs. This is a video with Sasha Ladipova. So it's sounding like there was no real legal authority to mandate an EUA product countermeasure, but there was also not a specific law prohibiting it, or that's what Cominardi was for. My reply, writes Catherine Watt, my current understanding is that bribery and coercion are legal under the PREP Act, and the mandates were mechanisms to do those crimes and to cover up that those were the acts being committed. For example, it was and is legal for federal and state governments to link payouts to schools and businesses to reaching target percentages of VAX uptake among their student and employee populations. And it was and is legal for schools and businesses to link access to education and jobs to individual VAX uptake. Catherine Watt is publishing some of the most important, relevant, and actionable information about COVID and its shots and the extent of the abominable crime against humanity that that whole project, those projects are and continue to be. Baileywicknews.substack.com. With me this hour is Professor Ted Steele, a molecular and cellular immunologist, geneticist, and microbiologist who has written six books and over 100 scientific research papers. For years, he has published about cosmic biology data, quote, the universe is teeming with life, end quote. And more recently, he presents the evidence of a life-bearing carbonaceous meteor strike over China in October 2019, that distributed virions in dust clouds, which caused the viral epidemic that governments are using to bamboozle the world into accepting a great reset that has caused and will continue to cause far more harm than good. Follow him at independent.academia.com edu slash edward j steel s t double e l e thank you very much for coming back on my show ted how are you well it's good morning from here and it's uh, early evening for you thank you bruce for having me back on my pleasure and honor i assure you i i uh, want to ask you to to recount for new listeners that meteorite 
that fell and what you've found and published and posted about that get us up to speed and then then we'll talk about the things in the media that need to be addressed so you could set the record straight so from the top yeah. i guess my friend <laughs> yes well i think this is going to take up our first little segment of probably about 10 minutes because i can't easily you know cover it quickly but That's let me fine. just first say yeah that my that my, uh, my work on this is not just me alone it's uh, professor chandra wickramasanghi uh, the astrobiologist and astrophysicist who who foreshadowed all this in a famous book with uh, Fred Hoyle called Diseases from Space, but in many other publications as well. And I've been publishing with him and, and other colleagues like Dr. Wozinski, Dr. Lindley, Dr. Um, um, Daryl uh, Wallace, and a whole range of other people. So it's not just my story, although I've been the lead author on, on many of them, but everything's at that website, that, as you correctly pointed out. But, you know, I can't cover everything because uh, we've also covered vaccine efficacy, the same sort of issues you just dealt with in your introduction and uh, whether they work or not and how dangerous they are. And we've published a lot on that as well. So, you know, it's not as if we've just stuck to the origin, but the origin's key, isn't it? Because uh, it's causing the world to be, particularly in the United States, the 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 um, China virus conspiracy theory is, is so ingrained now, it's almost impossible to embed. And that's why I suppose I'm talking to you because, and we'll get to this at the end of your show, uh, I hope, but at the start of the, uh, of the week here in Australia, there's been a massive re-energization of the propaganda campaign that the, the virus was uh, engineered in a, a Wuhan Institute for a Virology Lab and it was uh, then either accidentally or deliberately released to the world by China and thus the China virus. You know the story. It's been it's taken up many, many long hours of Congress's time and investigations, but a lot of it's misguided. It's a mixture of half-truths, um, uh, and and basically Cold War propaganda from my perspective. Because mm. when I tell you the actual story, and 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 we address some of the issues that they're claiming, you'll see it just falls out. It just disappears. But um, before we get onto that, because uh, that that's my reason I'm now back talking about it. Because I brought all this to the attention of the lead writer on the Australian, who's propagating all this for News Corp globally, Shari Markson. Two years ago, the same sort of things I'm talking about now, although they're updated a little bit now because we have some more evidence. And that's what I want to focus on, really. I want to focus on those early events of the pandemic, the arrival of the meteorite, and I want to focus particularly on a study that um, documents molecular genomic sequence evidence that the virus was appearing in retrospective samples from the swabs and the urine of patients who were asymptomatic in Lombardy in Italy from October 17th, 2019, okay? And this, this is the best evidence we have actually for the, for the infor, what I call spot infors or early incidences prior to the major epidemic in China through, through Jan, late December and through January 2020. So I want to focus on that data, but let's, let me just give you the, the broad picture. And this is all published. All of these things are published in books and papers at our website. There is a documented arrival of a very large meteorite over Jilin in northeast China on the 40 degrees north latitude line on the night of October 11, 2019. Um, we, we've isolated that as the starting point for this current pandemic with COVID-19. 
It was, in our view, it was a carbonaceous, loosely held carbonaceous meteorite that was containing, that contained active, potentially active uh, virions of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, uh, and they were liberated, you know, prior to the prior to the, the fireball, which everyone sees, there was a massive liberation trail of the dust being liberated as dust, and that was a soft landing. The dust came down. It was trapped in. It was trapped first of all. Well, part of it was trapped in the in the stratospheric uh, uh, winds that go east to west around the globe. But other, but much of it did in fact fall down. A lot of it in, to cover the ground throughout China. By the way, I should say throughout China, not just Wuhan, because the epidemics exploded almost in synchrony across China through January. So that's the first point. But the distribution through the the stratospheric winds, that's the higher up winds, would account for the spot infalls, which I'd say, of infalls prior to the major burst in China uh, in on the 40-degree north line. And these were in places like North America, the Great Lakes region, mainly by serology, detected by serology, so it wasn't genomic evidence there. But Italy, the one I'm going to talk about, uh, in, in October uh, 2019, that's genomic evidence. So that's what I call objective scientific evidence, because I can compare that evidence, those sequences, with the sequences we looked at, because we've also done the genetics on this. You've got to understand we're, we're just not a one-dimensional group. We're, we've done the genetics, we've done the epidemiology, and we've done the detailed analysis of the hard papers. That's the first point. So everything I'm saying is based on, I'd like to think, is based on independent evidence that can be cross-checked by anybody if they want to. Anyway, <clears throat> a couple of things happened after that meteorite burst. Some of it, as I've just said, came down in a large uh, viral-laden cloud of contaminating the environment throughout China. China erupted. Uh, and I, at that point, by the way, I should point out, China was cooperative with the world. They were trying to figure out what was going on, just like everyone else was. And because of the SARS-1 strike 20 years before, 2002-2003, they'd already had... And, and with many other scientists, many other labs, you know, the Wuhan Institute of Virology and many other labs around the world were all working on the SARS, you know, a genome, which is about 80%, at least 80% similar to the, the, the COVID-19 genome. So there were many regions of analysis that they could show were comparable to the, to, uh, to the one that exploded. And that's why people like Fauci and others could say, this is a genuinely new virus. It's not the one we've seen before because the analytics with you know, you know SARS-CoV-1 allowed them to get all the all the primers right for the PCR and to sequence the genome on this newly emerging virus. So there was a genuine scientific effort going on, and it was cooperative through late December and into January between Western scientists and Chinese scientists trying to figure out what happened. But it was the Chinese who had all the stuff on the site in the Wuhan lab, of course, did it very quickly. And being Chinese, they're very, very efficient, fast, and they actually got they got the, the first sequences of the world, which everyone now you know agrees on is, is the major sequence, which is the start sequence. They got all the analytics and other things right. <clears throat> but then, of course, from about early, early February, after Trump's phone call with Xi, where Xi where told him, I think, was, I think this was about the 6th of February, in a big link-up between Xi and uh, Trump, that it looks like the stuff's coming in from the air, you know, it's what you touch and, you know, and it was just actually, it was actually 
I, th I think it stunned Trump actually to hear that coming from Xi. But anyway, so he got the truth from Xi. The Chinese know where this thing came from. He got the truth. Uh, but Trump then, of course, after that ran with the China virus. But let me, before we go to the break, let me just say this. There were several things happened after that, after, as that explosion was erupting in China. You know, we've got the spot in falls, and I'll deal with those shortly, uh, you know, the molecular evidence. But, you know, ships at sea were being struck, remember, in uh, in uh, through January and early February 2020, there were ships at sea being struck in the South China Sea, the Diamond uh, the, uh, the Diamond Princess, the, the Wester Dam, and then across the Pacific, out in between Hawaii and San Francisco, the Grand Princess was struck, another big cruise ship. And the reason I'm mentioning that, that that cruise ship, prior to the shutdown of all information, uh, Vice President Pence managed to authorise, get that ship isolated. I think it was at Monterey. They then uh, they then went on and they, they got samples from the patients, you know, um, and they did genomic sequencing of the virus. So we got clear evidence there of the the virus that was erupting across China was appearing on a cruise ship in uh, in the Pacific. Now we, we interpret that as the human passage plume, right? Not the stratosphere, the lower level troposphere was moving across the Pacific from China as a dust cloud again as a dust cloud uh, of viral adenovirions from uh, China, which was from uh, from west to east. And that explains that outbreak on that ship, that Grand Princess ship. But all other things, by the way, like that on ships and American aircraft carriers, the Theodore Roosevelt in the Pacific just about the same time or just a bit shortly after, all of that is uh, lockdown information. I can't, I can't access that. I've written emails to... US Department, you know, the Navy and everything is just stonewalled. They simply are not releasing anything on that. But they would have been shocked on the Theodore Roosevelt because the whole ship, well, not the whole ship, but 1,200 sailors on board that ship came down with uh, COVID-19 at the same time. And so they said they had a massive outbreak on the ship, but, you know, it happened too fast, isn't it? All these things are happening too fast for person-to-person -person spread. And that's why a contaminated environment is important. So they're the they're the first things before we go to the break. These are these are these are these are these are great foundational revelations to most people because yes, out, outside of you, Ted, mm. no one's telling me this. I no, know no uh, one is talking I about it. What's your source that she told Trump that in February twenty twenty? Well, uh, it's in it's in the a prologue, the the front pages of. Of, of the book Rage by um, you know Bob uh, Bob Bob Woodward in um, in his book in the, in the, the prologue first opening pages in Rage oh, is wow. that there's the text quite clearly <laughs> Bob Woodward was recounting this this phone conversation and the, what wow. she said and how, uh, Trump you know reacted to it look I think after that Trump it was too it was too heavy stuff for Trump he he couldn't understand just like later he couldn't understand what or Dixon, or he couldn't believe it and it was must it was much it. it was more useful to him politically to exactly. demonize to demonize China about it absolutely and look I'm not I'm not defending China's actions as a ruthless totalitarian state don't get me wrong on that but you know, these are these are these are the facts and of course. It was much more expedient for him to run with the China virus, which he did. And by the way, within a week or two of that phone call, he was doubling down on the on the China virus, big time. Yeah, yeah. you know, and that became the narrative, didn't it? That's well, it where it has happened. right. And all arguments about intentional lab leak or made in a lab, whatever, yeah. 
is all a distraction given Total distraction. The, the reality because I think it would definitely reveal how it was leveraged for horrible purposes by governments and the media and the pharmaceutical companies and the whole horrible agenda mm. to sicken, impoverish, and enslave us. With me mm. is Professor Ted Steele talking about one of the most important uh recent events the whole covid uh catastrophe worldwide and and an amazing revelation about its true origin and the nature of the uh, its abuse against humanity and now here is important information from tnt radio tnt radio's timothy shea the double standard is out there it's so obvious it's so frustrating eric holder gets held in contempt of congress for defying a congressional subpoena nothing happens obama's doj didn't pursue it steve bannon and peter navarro defy a congressional subpoena joe biden's doj criminally prosecutes them criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today. News Talk, TNT Radio. Take us back in time. And who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations, that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's gonna protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism or you're talking about communism, socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We have multiple hearings on different agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is 
tempting Jesus in the desert. I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored news. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored news. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. This is World Stage. I am Bruce the Taurus talking with Professor Ted Steele who presents the evidence of a life-bearing carbonaceous meteor strike over China in October 2019 that distributed virions and dust clouds that caused the viral epidemic known as COVID-19. And his work can be found at independent.academia.edu slash Edward J. Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E. Thank you, Ted, for bringing us up to at least you know the spring of 2020 and what's what's next in your in your mind of unfolding to me what you wanted to cover today right thank you thank you bruce yeah I, as i said i can't cover everything but i've really had those two extensive interviews with you already on march 26th and september 3rd this year and i advise listeners and viewers to go back to that those again um, but I want to focus on a very important w- work. This is not published in a scientific journal because of various other exigencies, but the, my full report and analysis is posted at my website. It's called Report on Amendola et al. 2022. Okay, Report on Amendola et al. 2022. It's A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A. That's the first author. Now, this is a, a peer-reviewed uh, paper that appeared in, I think, in Environmental science, environmental research, uh, but it's at my website. You can look at the full reference and the um, and the, the key analysis, which I'm going to recount now. And the reason I'm focusing on it, because it is the clearest molecular evidence we have of these spot infalls prior, you know, prior to the major explosion in China and then later in Iran, Italy, Spain and New York City on the 40 degrees north north line. But this is the first clear evidence we have of COVID-19, that is SARS-CoV-2 virions, attempting to replicate in human being respiratory tracts. These are from swabs. In, in, uh, in October of 2019, now remember I mentioned the strike of the meteorite was October the 11th? Mm-hmm. This particular retrospective survey, which dated to August 2018, by the way, of swabs or urine samples, in uh, in a surveillance program for, for something else, for rubella, for, for, for measles, right? So there was no symptoms for the, any COVID symptoms in any of these patients, but they just went back and looked at the frozen and preserved swabs, looked at the RNA and did the, the sequencing of the RNA and looking for the virus. And they found clear evidence, in my view, and I explain it all in my report, that cross-checks with everything that we've done on the genetics of the virus. So it's not, you know, it's just too much. It's too much of a coincidence, you see, when a scientific report appears reporting sequence data, which you've already checked and and validated independently of their study. So you have to believe it, right? That's how science works. Anyway, they found this evidence for in seven patients. Nothing prior to this that mapped anything positive that mapped to the to the the COVID genome, 
uh, on October 17th, they found one, two, four, four patients that had positive evidence for COVID-19 sequences on um, October 17th, and then five, uh, no, uh, three patients that had positive evidence on October the 22nd, then, then later on into November to January, there were others. But I've, I've got to stress, there was no evidence for anything like this up until, on multiple samples, about 100-odd samples going back to August 18. So these were these stood out as real, real gems, you know, like diamonds on, the, you know, a slag heap for a person who understands molecular data. Now, let me just explain how they how they got it and why I can say that they were early, very early infections. They were, they were so early, they had to use what's called nested PCR. Now, that's very technical, but basically, if you think of PCR as a way of amplifying copies of any DNA or RNA sequence, um, so the first, the first step would be amplifying up, say, a million times. So that's your first step, PCR. Then you would use primers. I can't explain the technique, but the second step would be to amplify 90% of what you've just amplified, right? Another million times. So you've got a trillion, you know, in old terms, a trillion, you know, a million times a million copies. So it's incredibly sensitive. Do you see what I'm getting at? Mm. Because all the patients, by the way, were, were negative for conventional PCR testing for COVID. They were negative for any symptoms. And it was a retrospective analysis for measles. It nothing to do with COVID. But anyway, they found evidence of these sequences in the throats and respiratory tract of these human, human beings in Lombardy on October the 17th, 2019. Now, to me, that, that's really important what I've said about nested TCR, because it means to me the virus was trying to get going, right? It was trying to replicate. And that, it, there were probably only, there were probably less than 10 copies of the, of the viral genome in these patients, less than 10. You know, we're actually talking about very early stages of, in, of infection. Now, I've got to actually talk about this in a little bit more detail now. When viruses come in and try and infect, the cell launches what's called an innate immune response against the virus. There's about a thousand different effector molecules and other mechanisms that are launched on the virus as, it, as it's injecting its RNA genome into the cell to try and get rid of it, right? That's how we protect ourselves from all these things all the time because we're getting we're getting hit by these things all the time, whether they're terrestrial or a, a cosmic, it doesn't matter. That's how we protect ourselves. Normal, healthy people protect themselves. If you're immune defensive, elderly, comorbid, you can you can you can you can get the infection. And that's what happened during COVID, of course. It was that very small subset that were get, getting infected. But this evidence for nested PCR said that the virus was just starting to get off the ground. That's really important because all models to do with uh, you know a lazy two weeks to get to that point are nonsense. The the authors talked about that, and that just didn't make sense to me. You know, the only thing that made sense was what the virus was trying to do. And we've published this in our genetics papers. The virus was trying to find the, the sequence by after mutation. You see, the, the host is also not only launching all these effectors to try and get rid of the virus, it's also mutating the virus genome. People forget that. The virus doesn't mutate. The host mutates the virus. Then the virus tries to adapt and it, through these what are called quasi-species, the virus, tries to get the best genome that will allow it to replicate in that biochemical or genetic background in that cell. So that's, now we, we, we actually call that deaminase-driven riboswitching haplotype sorting. Very complex term, but it describes what the virus is trying to go through. It's all documented in our, in our papers. And any honest, objective molecular biologist could see that we're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. This is, this is the only way you can explain it. 
Now, there may be others, but this is the, this is the simplest way to understand all, all of the data. So these detections, I must stress, are early infections that never really got off the ground because these were, these were totally asymptomatic patients. But it's the best evidence we have. The virus was popping up on October 17, six days after that strike, by the way, in Lombardy in Italy. Now, I just this, this is the challenge I want to put to Shari Markson, Dr. Philip Altman, they know who I'm talking about, Fauci, all the others, <laughs> Senator Rand Paul. How can you explain, you know, genuine COVID-19 appearing in Lombardy, Italy on the 17th of October, well before the supposed, you know, lab leak that got Dr. Hugh in November 2019 in China? You see, you now have to start inventing other scenarios. And this is the problem with science fiction and not science. In science fiction, you have to con constantly create ad hoc explanations. You, I think you know what I'm know what I'm talking about. In science, your explanation has got to be coherent and fit with all the other information you have. So, all I want to say is we we have the the lab leak stuff in, actually dies in its tread at that point. Quite apart from all the other evidence we brought to bear, you know the massive eruption eruption across China itself says, how do you explain that? You know the only way we could explain that, and we did this in a well, we had to. We had we created a science fiction story in our scientific paper where we exploded this. We said the only way you could explain that, either China or a power that was antithetical to China, got these common cold variants in a large balloon and dropped them in the stratosphere above China <laughs> to cause this pattern we saw. And then the other patterns on the north, the, uh, the 40 degree north line. Do you see what I mean? It's just absurd, the sort of fictional scenarios you have to invent to explain what happened in the way the virus spread. So, but you know, do you realize though, these News Corp journalists, all the critics who are very reluctant to debate this, in fact, none of them will debate, debate this with me, are, are very reluctant to embrace this evidence. But look, the Amandol, let's get back to Italy, Lombardy on the 17th of October mm. um, 2019. That is really good evidence that COVID in a spot in fall from this strike I'm telling you about mm. on the 40 degree offline was there in trying to get going in the throats of human beings on October the 17th, 2019. So I think any lab leak and human, you know, human engineered and uh, conspiracy theorist like that, I have to call them conspiracy because that's all it is. It's a, it's a Cold War conspiracy. They have to handle that data. Now, as soon as they start embracing that or confronting that data and just having a debate with me about it, they can see that... I'm not making it up. The authors of this independent report, Amandola, are not making it up. So you've got to accommodate it in your explanation. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Did Dr. Hugh or Dr. Sue Houston, I'm not sure who he, what, which, which, which name here is correct, in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, how did he manage to get the virus over to Lombardy in Italy back then in its fully formed form? Look, I think it's all nonsense. I think all that stuff that's appearing is just pure nonsense let alone the fact that throughout history we have documented cases of things happening like COVID, like the Spanish flu, which is so similar to the common cold pandemic with uh, COVID-19, that that's got to be handled as well. And there were no bioweapons labs back in 1918, 1919. You see what I'm getting at? You've got to actually have coherent scientific explanations that handle not only evidence in front of you, the, prob the problem situation, but fits with all other independently published evidence. I just like to leave it at there because you're almost certainly got got a, got a question before we can go to the uh, the next issue.
Well, it's it's how do you maintain <laughs> your wow the 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 strength to tell this story as often as you can, Ted? Because yes, I know. I'm getting a bit Are tired. you well? I just imagine you've got to have peers and colleagues of who are also trying to spread the word about these yes, trees that you yeah. have found. And yeah. how's that effort going? Well, we've through the pandemic, we've published probably 20 papers and, and they were temporal in order. You know, we were updating continuously. We then collected it all together in a book, Understanding the Origin and Global Spread of COVID-19. That was published in 2022 by World Scientific in uh, Singapore. So we've got the story out. What's that? Some- Ted, what's that title again, slowly so I can write it okay, down? Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, Understanding yes. the origin uh-huh. and global spread uh-huh. of COVID-19. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's a collection of papers, all our work, plus additional chapters, uh-huh. all our work uh, with, uh, with Professor Chandrawick Ramasenghi, Professor Reg Wozinski and myself as editors okay. of, the, of the collection. And okay. it's published in, uh, uh, it was published by World Scientific Publishers in Singapore. All right. So it's All available. Right. Now, they're ex- expensive, right. of course. Yeah. World Scientific what? Publishers. Thank you, In my the Asia Pacific, they're, they're a very notable publisher of scientific books they're very credible publication outlet it's not sure. as if they just it's just that they're and it's from singapore it's not from the united states or australia or the uk uh the point is so uh, we've done that i have tried to i've been in touch with these journalists as i say for the last two years trying to get them to at least confront the evidence particularly shari markson and, and others about six other journalists with News Corp in Australia, who also are presented on presented on Sky News, which is the equivalent of Fox News in the United States. Now they're all connected, uh, but she is the one. She's very good, actually. You know, on many of other work, but on this one, she's simply running a propaganda campaign, and she can't she can't alter now. She it's two years in now. How can they change their story? You see, the, the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Docu- two documentary films, a book multiple stories in the Australian, you know, and in other News Corp outlets. So how how do you change change the story? And recently, yeah. there, there, my impression is from what you've sent me that there has been recent um, things that these type of folks have published that you wanted to rebut because they are. Yes. Yeah. So how would you summarize that in a minute or so before we have to uh, take a little break? Well, after the break, we can probably go through the eight points that Dr. Philip Altman, a scientist, put to me. Right. That's the first engagement I've had globally. I've got them in front of me here. Well, then you know what? I'm going to ask you this before we yeah. go into it on the other side. Yeah. Will you slowly and clearly spell out that website? All I got was report on, and I couldn't hear you well okay. enough to get those words. Okay. Okay. It's report on Amendola at our 2022. All right. Report on, report on spell, yeah. report on, on spell yeah. the next word. 
It's a capital A, M-E-N-D-O-L-A, Amendola. Wait, wait, do it again. Much slower, <laughs> much slower. Okay, please. sorry. I'm a, that's one of my main problems, I suppose. A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A. So it's report on Amendola and others, et al., 2022. And, and others. This is a well, website. Well, this is a website. Yeah. Now this is the this is this is a website of my analysis, but it also gives the full reference to All the right, page. So the full URL of the website is report on amendola.com. Yes, but it's at you can as you scroll on my website, on my website, which you listed at the start of the show, yeah. ah. independent yeah, sorry. Academia. Very good. With yeah, me yeah, is yeah, Professor yeah, Ted yeah, Steele. Thank yeah. you, Ted. Thank you so yeah. much. You know, to get to the heart of the truth of all the lies surrounding covid yes is absolutely essential and now here is important information from tnt radio de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective my goomba mark morano is over in dubai he actually was telling me that i should go over there with them but i have other things to do in any case Mark has said that the COP28 is shaping up to be a doubling down on the green agenda despite the massive failure on a grand global scale. Now, I'm sure Mark is going to be talking about this quite a bit, but I would be remiss if a remiss, whichever word you want to use, if I did not bring up what Mark sent down today. And he's going to be reporting on this and make no mistake about it. This UN Climate Summit will continue the push for the collapse of our once plentiful energy, food supply, and transportation. What could be the possible reason to do that? I mean, you have Bill Gates, King Charles, John Kerry, the World Economic Forum. All these people are elitist. All of them are ignorant as to what is actually driving the climate. All of them are arrogant and believe that they they are smarter than everyone else and therefore they wish to control everyone else. That is what this is all about. I'm sure as Mark reports on it, everybody's going to pick up on that. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care and love they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future they just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed and i'm succeeding i'm a i'm a speaker i'm an author covenant house really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman i am today if you or someone you love is asking for help go to safeplacetosleep.org today you're listening to bruce to torres on today's news talk radio tnt and with me is Professor Edward J. Ted Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E. Now, let's discuss what you've brought to my attention, these latest uh, media expoundings and analysis and blah, blah, blah about the lab leak and comment 
I feel nothing but outrage contemplating here the enormity of the con being played on us, Ted. What's your what are your thoughts about all that? And Good. then take it away analyzing right. this 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 onslaught of, of deception. Yeah, I've got to slow down with my speaking, obviously, but I just feel I just don't have enough time to get the key points over. That's why I probably speak a little bit fast than I would, you know, you would like. But just I just want to say it's it's my report on Amendola et al. 2022 at my website. It's clear there as you scroll down there of the post, you'll find it and you just got to click on it and then you get it. Anyway. Thank you. Yes, it's very, very difficult to how you handle it. But we do have an engagement. Dr. Philip Altman, uh, who uh, engaged me in one of my group emails, the first one to engage me, by the way, in over two years in a public reply with a list of points. Come on. Basically, the challenge was, basically, Ted was, which of these facts do you dispute? Okay. Why don't we go through these eight facts that he's, he doesn't dispute and just then look at them in the context of everything I've just I've just told you about the arrival of, of, of the virus and all the spots, all the things occurring before the Wuhan Institute for Virology. But anyway, the first point he makes, uh, these are the facts that Shari Markson, uh, News Corp, it has to be, given the global reach and all the documentaries in the books, it has to be endorsed by Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch, right? This is a propaganda campaign. You've got to make no, there's no mistake about it. This is a propaganda campaign. Anyway, let's look at the first point. The Wuhan Institute of Virology, WIV, was the most active biolab for corona research in the world. And he's basically saying, do I dispute it? No, I don't dispute it. It was. It was a major active lab. Because I, as I've explained, the SARS, you know, the SARS-1, the, the pandemic from 201, uh, 202 to 203, energised China and many other labs, by the way, many other molecular, all got involved. Over 20 years, a huge amount of information on coronaviruses, their molecular biology, the riboswitching, the way they, the way they, you know, replicate, all that stuff was already there on the, on, on the published scientific record. And there was also, no doubt, other things going on. They feared another pandemic. So they were trying to anticipate it in advance. They got all the analytics together. They were trying to, they were trying to do what's called euphemistic called gain of function research. They were trying to take some of these SARS ones, uh, COV ones, and try and try and pass them through animals and try and you know improve their virulence. You know, there are all sorts. You know, that's all scientifically understandable to me. That's what this is what goes on. But of course, it's been all distorted by everything else that's now happened. So let me say the first point. Yes, it was Wuhan lab was the major one. It was it, the, hanging off that were Fauci's lab and all other major people that were concerned about it. Okay. Then the next, the next point he says, point two, research proposals to construct, this is what I would challenge now, to construct a SARS-CoV-2, right, as COVID, with enhanced infectivity as a matter of record now. Previously, this was secret. Well, all I'll say is that for all of my reading, and I've, we've published this in our papers, all our reading of all of the manipulations that were going on, they were on SARS-CoV-1 because it was so closely related to COVID-2. But there was no necessary intent to construct a COVID-2. And when I queried Alpen about, you know, do I have any documents for that assertion? And he said, no, it's in the it's in the Shari Marx, you know, a Marxian newspaper article. Well, look, you see, that's not scientific evidence for me. Uh, that's just an assertion. So I, I do dispute. I think they were trying to construct something in SARS-CoV-1 through the manipulations. And we know and we know the name of that virus, by the way. This is the one that's 96.2% similar 
to COVID-19. This is called, this was originally called capital RA, capital TG 13. And this is the one that Dr. Hugh or, or Dr. Zhu Yusin, this, this is the one they were all working on in, in China as the closest one. Huh? But I've just got to point out that that's the closest one that they're working on. And that, that translates to 1,000 differences, you know, along the 3,000 nucleotide letter code of COVID between that one and what we saw with, uh, you know, Hugh one the, the COVID-19. So it's impossible. The jump's impossible. You know, the statistics, the, t- the statistics give astronomical numbers out, that's outstripping by many orders of magnitude all these the known molecular and statistical resources of the, of the Big Bang universe. So it's impossible. It couldn't have happened. That jump couldn't have, couldn't have happened. So then he, then he goes on to say, money was paid to do this work. Yes, I've got no doubt there was. <laughs> I'm sure different, uh, different um, funding agencies and different uh, other groups were all providing money, not only to the Wuhan Lab Institute of Virology as the major focal point, because that's where SARS-1 you know, began, but other labs. But no doubt about that. So I'm not disputing this obvious thing. Fourth point, the first COVID-19 victim was Dr. Hugh, who worked in the WIF lab. Well, now... I'm trying to sort out whether he's got that right or wrong, whether it's Dr. Hugh or Dr. Sue Eusen, the guy that died a bit later. Well, well, I, I challenge that just on the all those other early events I'm telling you about. He wasn't the first one to be infected. And we've got molecular evidence for the Lombardy region of Italy, as I just you know tried to explain the best way I could, that that refutes that. So, you know, when you're, when you're confronted with an uncomfortable fact like that, you've got to change the story. It seemed to me. I think that's that's wrong. So yes, I do dispute that. The fifth point: no intermediate species ever been found to contain SARS-CoV-2. Of course, I agree with that. I've just explained why. It appeared it is a new virus. Look, look, Fauci was saying this in January 2020. Dear old Fauci, you know he runs with the foxes and hunts with the hounds. He will tell you anything as long as it's politically expedient. But he does tell the truth. And I can tell when he's telling the truth and I can tell when he's lying. Now, that's not being arrogant. It's just obvious. Yeah, so when he said that, yeah, this is, he actually, I remember him being interviewed in a breathy way. Yeah, this is a really, I could remember his eye darting around the room. This is a really new sequence. We haven't seen this one before. Yeah, it's true. That's true, right? So there was no intermediate species because they couldn't find it in any of their animal reservoirs or anything like that, you know, cats, snakes, bats. It was a genuinely new sequence. It was similar to SARS-CoV-1, and but it was SARS-CoV-2. It was a new sequence. So that's point five. So that's my reply to Philip Altman on point five. Now about three more to go. Yeah. Oh, go all on. right. Well, let's let me interject, and then we'll get to those next three. Yeah. How how would you describe what was done to us? What was done to humanity? in the name of COVID-19. Mm. Oh, it's terrible. And speculate, why? Why was what was done to us done to us? Okay, we'll deal with those last three points shortly. But it look, they were, as I said, all of the agencies, especially public WHO, all, everyone was anticipating possible next pandemics, and it's like the generals fighting the next war. They're always going on what happened in the previous war. So it was, uh, you know, SARS-CoV-1 was the best exemplar they had, and that's, that's why they're building all their knowledge on the coronaviruses. They were certain it was going to happen again, you see. And in a mild way, it happened with MERS, the one that appeared in the Middle East in 2013, but very small scale. 
but it was related, by the way. Sequence was it was related to to COVID one. So that added emphasis. Oh, geez, there's going to be another one. So they were uh, the whole cognoscenti, if you like, in pandemic research was aware there could be another pandemic. So they were producing all sorts of analytics. And of course, they couldn't believe their luck. For those who were producing vaccines, they couldn't believe their luck when the one that was spreading in China in November, December was lighting up like a, it was lighting up like a a Christmas tree for them. My God, we got the analytics. So it was totally opportunistic, you see. They had to, they could, we can, you know, we we can, we can, we can, we can roll this totally useless vaccine out really quickly now, can't we? And are you aware? Are you aware of Event Two Hundred One, which I think was October twenty nineteen? Now, what's what's that? Which which, which one's that? Is that oh, the? Oh, my friend, it was a tabletop two or three day uh, scenario yeah. of gaming. Yeah. Uh, a coronavirus, I believe, uh, outbreak. It was a simulation. It was called Event Two Hundred One. It had sponsors mm. like. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and I believe the World Health Organization, and Job Ho- Johns Hopkins University, and the the big shots around the table. They they war gamed or simulated the next deadly pandemic that would ravage yeah. the world and how we would respond to it. I believe it was a coronavirus originating in pigs or something like that. There were people at the table from the United States. Uh, military from the United States. Uh, I've sort of heard heard about it, but I haven't followed it. The United States CIA, I think the Chinese CDC. So it supports your, what you're telling me that those who would know, would know that, wow, there will be another one. Yeah. And again, back to your answering my question. They couldn't believe their luck, quite frankly. Right. So what they have done to us and why, and then, or now you could continue with the three points that you wanted to rebut with me. Well, well, well yeah, well, just finish it off. It was to- So it's totally op- opportunistic, but they were prepared. I'm not disputing that. So I, I don't dispute that, Philip. <laughs> I don't dispute they were prepared. And it was and it was just a methodical rollout then. They, therefore, they had to have the propaganda in place. They had to have the government, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a sanction in place to, to roll out the vaccine with no opposition. Yeah, and, no even, even before, and even before the vaccine, the unprecedented, barbaric, cruel, inhumane, and harmful protocols of lockdown, lockdown. Of isolation, of oh. masks, of ventilators, and the whole... Absolutely. Universe. All of that was rolled out and All was right. made mandate by law, yes. All right. Well, we, you know, I do want... So you had a totally feared population, most of who complied with the... I never got vaccinated, and I know a few of my friends didn't. But anyway, look, it was a uh, it was horrific what what they did. But I'm trying to stay away from that and give you the facts of these first early arrivals of the virus. So, and um, and in the, ears, text, yeah. the scientific knowledge, right? That's Thank really you. important. So let's let's deal with the last six inflammatory points because they're all inflammatory in a way, Please. aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, the sixth point from Philip Altman is the Chinese have destroyed have destroyed all uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology records of gain of function research and specimens. Well, they probably have. I'm not going to spit that. I don't know. Uh, all I do know is that the Iranid meteorite stream crosses the Earth, which carries many of these meteorites, which we are absolutely certain from when we published this, is carrying SARS-1 and SARS-CoV-2 each year between October, uh, October and November. So 
if there's anything nasty in these meteorite streams that can grow in human beings, uh, domestic animals or plants, it, you know, lights up as that epidemic on Earth, it's going to strike first just on the angle of the, of the paths of the passage of the Earth in China or Siberia. China, with a huge population, so it's a, a massive biological indicator of these things. That's the only problem China's got, it's just its geography. But by the way, China's history, academic history, goes back thousands of years. They know this association in Chinese academic history. They know this association between the arrival of the meteorites and then pestilence on the ground. They know that. Wow. Anyway, look, that's why I think the Chinese knew about it. As far as the Chinese are concerned, it was wonderful to see the West tie themselves into complete paroxysms of paralysis over COVID-19. They just went about their business because they're a communist. They they locked down. They created the, they did all the lockdown because they could. They're a communist society, so they can actually shovel hundreds of millions of people around in a lockdown just like that. So they demonstrated how they could do it. The Western world followed on. Look, it's just nonsense. Anyway, so that's the first point. So I'm sure they did destroy all their records, but that's but they may not have. Anyway, they, they let the they let the you know the lab leak run. It's convenient for China to let the lab leak run. Okay, look at all the look at all the turmoil it's causing. Look at the roiled uh, uh, eruptions of Congress, the rest of the world. It's advantageous for it to run, but you know they didn't cause it. You've got to understand it, it's it's a natural phenomenon. The seventh point: Fauci has repeatedly lied under oath about gain-of-function research. At the, Winston, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Everybody knows this. Well, of course. <laughs> I know what he's lying. I know what he's telling the truth. Of course he's lying. He was he was a weather vane for the for the day-by-day unfolding politics. So everything that was necessary. So when it was necessary to say, yeah, you've got to wear the mask, well, you've got to get the jab. He did. He said that, didn't he? He endorsed it. Final point. A vaccine for SARS-CoV-2 was developed by Dr. Hugh or Dr. Zhu Yu, I don't know which one he's referring to, in October 2019, before the pandemic became widely known. This is evidence for planning for the release of SARS-CoV-2 or prior knowledge of CoV-2. And this is in Shari Marx's latest revelations. Well, you know, that's just, uh, in the context of everything I've told you, that's just nonsense. It was CoV-1, all the manipulation was going on, but deliberate and that's just nonsense. I'm sorry. And I'm. And by the way, we have no other independent evidence of this except what Shari Markson said, because when I challenged Phil on this, and said that's just what appeared in the newspaper. Ted, Look, we, just, we've got yeah. we've got about two minutes left. Yeah. And uh, the floor is yours, or I could ask you a question. <clears throat> but I, well, I just want to just to sum up that last point. You see. What was worrying Fauci and all the others involved in looking at these sequences coming out in the early months is that it was impossible to distinguish, you know, this is in Shari Marx's word, impossible to distinguish from the genetic sequence of the virus itself whether it was natural or genetic engineered. I agree, because they're ready to go. This is what happens with all these things that come in and cause pandemics. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. I want to repeat your website, independent.academia.com. Edu slash Edward J Steele S T double E L E. Your other site report on Amendola A M E N D O L A dot com. And I'm so glad that you reached out to TNT and and uh, we reconnected again here today because it is not arcane. It is not inconsequential 
it's just yes. unfortunately another brick in the wall that the origin mm. was also uh, obfuscated mm. under the onslaught against humanity. So, Ted, I, I wish you well, and uh, thank you for coming back. And this is the incredible TNT Radio. <laughs>